Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Otitis is something that we see in the clinic all the time. We obviously think of lots of allergic dogs that have ear infections, but we see a decent amount of otitis in cats as well. And I've previously done a podcast episode with another dermatologist uh, all about treatment of feline otitis externa. But what if you are seeing a cat with otitis and it looks really weird? What if it's not just the canal that's affected, but we have crusts and pain and swelling outside of the ear canal as well? Proliferative and necrotizing otitis externa. It's a really rare disease in cats. I saw my first case of it, even as a dermatologist last year. I'd seen previous cases in the clinic when other dermatologists were seeing them, but this is the first case I had had myself of this disease. But it is one that if you clinically see it, you'll never forget it and you'll always have it on your radar. And it is a really important disease to be able to recognize because, again, once you see it, you don't forget it. But what we often see in these cats is that they're put on numerous topical otic medications. But these cats are really painful. Yes, a lot of times they have infection that's extending into the ear canal and on the pin itself. But if we actually need to recognize the disease and treat it or they'll never fully get better. And if you have this disease getting worse and worse and worse, more swollen, more painful, more crusted, it's really uncomfortable for these cats to have topical drops stuffed into their ear canal in order to treat infection. I've posted pictures of this disease process on my social media before. I will make sure to include it on the social media that goes with this particular podcast episode so that you guys can recognize what this disease looks like. This is a disease we predominantly see in younger cats, so there have been adult cats reported with it as well. We usually see this in cats that are younger, so even under a year of age. The case I saw was like eight months of age when I diagnosed it. It is a disease where there are large, like brown to tan, huge coalescing plaques just covering the concave surface of the pinnae in the external ear canals. So they come in, it's usually bilateral. You can have just one ear affected, but this is a weird autoimmune disease. So usually we see it in both ears that it looks completely different than you'd expect even a bad otitis in a cat to look like. There's just these really big, thick, crusty plaques kind of covering the outside of the ear canal. Um, The material can be really friable. Like I said, there still can be a really, you know, thick, purulent exudate occluding the ear canals themselves, but it's not due to allergies. It's not due to ear mites. It is truly an autoimmune disease that's triggering all of this. So when you clinically see this disease process, you should have this diagnosis on your radar once you do visualize it for the first time. But it is one that we can biopsy. So you can biopsy the skin that's having these plaques coalescing on it. 
And what they'll see is what we call acanthosis and a lot of hair follicle hyperplasia. So the outer root sheet of the hair follicle become really, really hyperplastic. There can be a folliculitis and the lumen of the hair follicle with neutrophils, um, follicular keratosis. There can even be necrotic uh, keratinocytes and apoptotic cells that are occurring as well. So if they see those changes on biopsy, they know that it's a young cat and you've kind of described the lesions to them, then it's going to help you come to the conclusion of proliferative and necrotizing otitis externa. Though if the owner had financial concerns, you know, this is a pretty clinically recognizable disease, but biopsy certainly always helps because you could have other things on your radar, like a cat with, you know, a strange presentation of pemphigus, um, something like that. So once we know what we're treating, we still do cytology because, again, a lot of these are really infected, and depending on the severity of the lesions, we might have to treat them systemically and not be able to rely only on topical um, medications. So we need to not only see what infections in the ear canals themselves, but also do a direct impression smear um, underneath the crust of the pinna itself. Remember, pinna is a portion of the ear, so we need to make sure we're looking for infection there because it can be really different than what's in the ear canal itself. So we're going to identify infections, culture if we need to, collect biopsies so that we can get a definitive diagnosis. The treatment for these cases, um, it can vary a little bit, but uh, tacrolimus or tacrolimus, however you pronounce it, everyone says it a bit differently has shown to be really helpful in a lot of these cases. You can get a lot of improvement just by applying that topically. Um, I have used steroids and cyclosporin because topical application in my case was a bit difficult um, and the cat did really well too. So tacrolimus, tacrolimus, <laughs> cyclosporin, steroids are kind of the more common treatments. Um, I have seen reports of injectable intralesional steroids used as well depending on the cat. These cats actually can look terrible and end up doing really, really well, you can get some of them in complete remission where they will not need treatment once you calm down the disease and treat the infection. Um, so it really depends on the case. There are some reports of needing still some mild medications more long term, but some of these cases eventually go into total remission. What I think is really important is recognizing that these cats are uncomfortable and making sure that we take the time to treat them for what they'll allow. So for my particular case, even though there was a pretty bad otitis, um, and of course we wanted to treat that, we took a couple weeks just to put the cat on steroids and cyclosporin to calm down the inflammation. The reality is if we're trying to stick an ear medication past these really crusted, swollen, plaque-covered ears, the cat's going to learn to hate that. They already don't like us messing with them with medications, but they're really going to be uncomfortable and learn to hate that. So I took a week or two just to calm things down. And then when the owner was reporting a lot of improvement and they were feeling better, then we did end up try addressing the otitis with a topical uh, commercial otic preparation. But we have to make sure that, and same thing goes when I treat really severely stenotic edematous ears in dogs. Sometimes I just take a week to give them steroids and calm down that inflammation, make them feel a lot better, and then we address things topically. But if we try to cram things into these ears when they're uncomfortable, one, they're so swollen that a lot of our medication is not going to fully get in that ear canal. But two, we're in it for the long haul. We need to make sure that we're allowing these pets to be comfortable so they will allow us to appropriately medicate 
medicate them so that they, uh, you know, we can get through the infection so that they can feel good. So we have to make sure we realize we're working with animals and we want to make sure that they are going to let us treat them and we can get them appropriately treated. So again, this is a disease process that is not very common, but it is one that um, you can recognize and make a lot of a difference. So you're going to see these coalescing, um, thick brown tan plaques, sometimes they're even slightly erythematous. They're going to completely be covering um, the external ear canal, even the pinna itself, the concave portion of it. Most of the time we're going to see some form of disease bilaterally, though you could have it unilateral, especially if you catch it early. We're going to identify infection on the pinna through cytology. We're also going to identify infection within the external ear canal itself because that's still going to be there. And then potentially biopsy these and treat them with the medications that we discussed today recognizing that this is very different than just a typical otitis. So again, I will make sure I post a picture up so that you guys can visualize visualize this disease process. Um, but please comment on that particular post if you have any questions about this disease. And hopefully I have helped you recognize something really interesting in your feline patients.